0: Something needs to be done about this Miami Hurricanes offense, and fast. If not, guys, things could get really ugly really fast this Saturday against Florida State. You are Locked On Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 20-6, to Miami just lost at NC State. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And I can't thank the everydayers enough. You guys are riding with us through the good times and the bad. It's hard to feel much worse than I feel right now. Honestly, it's hard to feel much worse when for the past month, since that Georgia Tech game, we have been preaching here on Locked on Canes Cut down the self-inflicted wounds. You can't expect to win games in this conference when you're throwing three interceptions. You can't expect to win games in this conference when you're going one for three in the red zone, when you're committing a fumble in your own red zone, giving the other team the football at your 10-yard line. The self-sabotage, no matter how much we preach it, no matter how much they seem to be working on it in practice, it keeps rearing its ugly head over And over and over and over again. And just when you thought you might be building some momentum. I know last week, the overtime win against Virginia wasn't pretty, but it was a win. Okay? And, you know, you got a nice win through some adversity against Clemson the week prior when you started your freshman quarterback. And, yeah, we're going to talk about him throughout this episode. Uh, Just when you thought you might have some momentum. We should be feeling pretty good at six and three. Hell, we shouldn't be feeling as bad as we do right now at six and three, even losing this game. Six and two felt pretty good. Six and three shouldn't feel this bad. But you know what? When you keep creating and your quarterback keeps creating the same mistakes over and over and over and over again, and nothing seems to be being done about it, that gets frustrated. That's what pisses this fan base off. I can't blame you. Can you blame me for being upset today? After Miami's previous losses this year, the Georgia Tech thing was just a heartbreaker. I was sad and befuddled after that game, right? The North Carolina game, that was frustrating. This one makes me angry. Let's talk a little bit about it here. Tyler Van Dyke, we have to start there. He accounts for four turnovers in this game. I really thought that with him, you know, looking in the warmups like he was as healthy and moving around as well as we've seen him since the early part of the year before the injuries started to set in. You know, he, he had a great game two years ago against NC State for what that's worth. I really thought this was going to be the bounce back for Van Dyke. Nope. It was not the bounce back for TVD. Three interceptions thrown and a fumble. That's 10 interceptions for QB1 in his past four starts. Unacceptable. The most costly of those was the one thrown in the end zone. Seem familiar? He did the same thing against Georgia Tech. These are momentum killers. That interception cost you at minimum three points, derailing a good drive. That was a body blow, okay? I mentioned it at the top. Miami, as a team, went one for three in the red zone. That's not touchdowns. That's just scoring, period, because Miami didn't score any touchdowns in this game. You came away with three points out of a possible 21 in three trips to the red zone. To the red zone. Now, I, I know in a lot of these games lately, it, it seems like things are, are just getting worse for Van Dyke because in, in certain interceptions that he's thrown, and there's plenty of them to choose from in recent games, He's not making the right read. In this case, the one he threw to uh, intended for Jacoby George in the end zone, he made the right read, but the wrong throw because it was underthrown badly. It was a terrible throw. Uh, Van Dyke's other most costly turnover was a strip sack. On 3rd and 16, deep in his own territory, NC State got the ball. I think it was inside Miami's 10. Now, Miami's defense put their Superman capes on and held them to a field goal in that situation. But the offense handed them, you know, turned out to be three points. But three points or seven points completely handed to them on a silver platter. And yes, opposing defensive coordinators have clearly learned that if you rush three and drop eight into coverage... Miami's passing game becomes virtus, virtually useless. Like, there's there's no answers for it when you rush three and drop eight into coverage. And these quarterback issues, guys, there's clearly a lack of, of confidence from Tyler Van Dyke, and there's a lack of confidence in quarterback in in coaches in their quarterback right now. It seems to be handcuffing the offense. And no, I'm not saying that as a way to give the coaches a pass for it. I'm not but clearly having a guy in the game you do not trust is affecting the way you call plays. On third and medium and third and long, Shannon Dawson is not trusting his quarterback to pick up 10 or more yards. The play calling reflects that. Miami ends up going four for 15 on third down. Terrible. Miami went 0 for 2 on fourth down. So for me, the question becomes, if you don't trust your quarterback, should he be your quarterback? I know that in weeks past, I I was preaching patience on this, give the guy an opportunity to play his way through it. But at a certain point, at a certain point, the question becomes more valid each and every week because you have to give for the most part up until game day, you give the coaches the benefit of the doubt. They see what's happening in practice. They see which quarterback is, you know, they should be seeing which quarterback is the right one to lead you to a victory on Saturday. But The questions get bigger and bigger and bigger with every interception thrown. Is this the quarterback that gives you the best chance to win? We're going to be talking about it, guys. And listen, there are plenty of other things to get to um, because the coaching was not good yesterday. Either, Um, you know, there were some players who deserve praise not to be, you know, rake through the coals on this one because uh, you had a a freshman running back play his butt off yesterday. He was not the reason why you lost that game. Uh, You know, your defense was not the reason why you lost that game. So we're not we're not done here, folks. We're only getting started on an episode of Locked on Canes. It is time now for our game changer of the week. Speaking of that freshman running back, our game changer of the week brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company is Mark Fletcher. He had a heck of a game. Five yards per carry, 115 yards, fighting for hard, difficult yards, keeping Miami's offense you know, somewhat in the game, at least in the first half. And much like Mark Fletcher, Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Athletic Brewing Company... They have brews that are great tasting and award-winning. They beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Golden Sours, and more. They're constantly releasing limited edition experimental styles to add to their variety. And they're fit for all times, so you can drink them anytime, anywhere, and make any activity more enjoyable. There are no hangovers ever with Athletic Brewing Company. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or Buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first order. That's code Locked On at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And if you want to take your everyday or experience to the next level, or you just want to vent, join our locked on Canes insiders text messaging group. I include the link in the show description below. Uh, you guys can ask me one-on-one questions on there. I give you breaking news, recruiting scoops, show updates, a month, uh, but you could try it free for 14 days. Try it free for two weeks, and if you like it, you can opt in for $4.99 a month. Just click the link in the show description below to join Locked on Canes Insiders. So is it time to make a quarterback change? Is it time to make a quarterback switch from Tyler Van Dyke? Now, let me just make my prediction on this, okay? You guys aren't going to like this. This is not my opinion. This is my prediction. I am not expecting... Miami to bench Tyler Van Dyke this week. I'm not expecting that. I am expecting them to give TVD an opportunity. Perhaps the leash will be shorter against Florida State, but he's going to get an opportunity. Personally, though, guys, it's hard for me to keep watching what I've been watching for these past several Saturdays, excluding the Clemson game when uh, when obviously he, he was injured and didn't play. But it's hard for me to keep watching what I'm watching and say, yes, this should be your QB one every single week. Like, I I, I can't just I can no longer justify it. All right. Because in theory, the advantages of playing a veteran over a freshman or a sophomore quarterback, because Jakari Brown is also there. Right. But the advantages of playing a veteran guy who's been in the program for four years is that the veteran, in theory, should be cutting down on mistakes, and should be making smarter decisions. In theory, but right now, your veteran isn't doing any of those things. It's not cutting down on mistakes, not making smart decisions. Wasn't good against Virginia, but you still gave him the opportunity to try and snap out of that against NC State, and things got worse, not better. Now, I get it. Van Dyke has clearly been playing through pain. He is tough as nails, and I respect the hell out of him for that. I really do. This is a great kid, okay? I respect him. But, again, if your veteran starter is making freshman mistakes on the field, maybe it's time to give an opportunity to another quarterback. Maybe it's time to give an opportunity to the freshman because maybe he's going to at least manage games. If your veteran is averaging two and a half interceptions over four games, if that's not benchable, I don't know what is. Now, okay, on Monday, tomorrow, I'm going to be at the coaches press conferences. I'm very curious to see if Cristobal, you know, if he make if he completely shuts down any talk about switching quarterbacks and that might even happen before the press conference cuz Cristobal does a weekly Monday interview with Joe Rose on WQAM, so he might address it there. But I'm curious to hear if if coach makes it 100% clear that Van Dyke is starting again this week or If he leaves the answer to that question kind of open to interpretation, it's also a tough spot, guys, because you got Florida State coming up. I mean, listen, the timing when it comes to the difficulty of making a decision like this, there's no worse timing to have to make that choice than right now. Okay, Florida State is the toughest opponent on your schedule. You're going into the lion's den. You have to play them at their building because, you know, you played Clemson earlier with Emory Williams. You know, Clemson's got a they got a good defense, but they're not they're not Florida State. And you got to play them at home, not on the road. If you start Van Dyke, he might struggle again. Uh, But if you start Emory Williams, what if he has a deer in the headlights type of freshman game? I wouldn't blame him if he did. Right. And again, so the coaches are going to be debating this. I mean, maybe they already have their answer. Uh, I don't know. But, you know, the the internal debate has to be which quarterback gives us the best chance to win this Saturday. Are they going to look at the situation and say, you know what, for as much as Van Dyke has struggled, he's played in Tallahassee before. You know, he's obviously the guy who's been in been in college for four years. He's the one who's taken the lion's share of first team reps in practice. And he's got all these starts under his belt. You know, there's definitely going to be a temptation to kind of stick with the status quo and just hope he can, you know, find a magical bounce back game. But my goodness, like you, you can't keep making the mistakes you're making and expect to win a football game. Can Emery Williams at least take care of the football if he starts this week? Can he do that? So this is on the coaches again. uh, I would strongly consider making the switch. I am not expecting Miami to make the switch, but I am strong. I mean, obviously I I don't have any, any vote on the matter. Okay. But um, I have to wonder what's going to happen. But my official prediction is Tyler Van Dyke is going to get the call again this week. And it's unfortunate because things have not been running smoothly for him since October started. Now we're into November different month, same results on the field. What do you guys think? Let me know. I mean, listen, I, Let's talk this through. We got an entire week of shows coming up before Florida State. You can send me a post on X, formerly Twitter at Locked On Canes. And if you follow us at Locked On Canes, we will follow you back. We'll be chatting about this all week on the Locked On Canes Insiders text group group. You can join that by clicking the link in the show description below. You can also leave comments on our YouTube or on our Apple Podcast reviews as well. Um, And listen, this is not this is not all on quarterbacking. I think it's fair to put a lot of this on coaching, too. Uh, In this 20 to 6 loss against NC State, you know, again, um, you've got a quarterback who's out there struggling. But for the coaches, that's the one you've decided to keep playing despite how much your offense is struggling. And then another important question on the offensive side of the football. And yeah, we're focusing on the offense because Lance Guidry doing a fine job on defense. I, I can't really put a whole lot of blame on the defensive side of the football on offense. Where is the creativity? I look at what NC State did in the game. You know, their offense wasn't great, but they got into the end zone twice. Miami didn't even get into the end zone once. And NC State was actually, you know, making Miami have to see some things, some unconventional things with their offense. You see the way that they use Casey Concepcion. Now, he is a special player. I'm not saying you could just plug anybody into that role, but you see the way they get Concepcion involved in so many different ways offensively. Miami fans have been screaming to use Brashard Smith like this. NC State even found a way to get Brennan Armstrong involved In a way, we would all like to see Jakari Brown have an opportunity to be used, right? You bring in Brennan Armstrong, who's a a mobile quarterback, uh, to give different looks and pick up yardage with his legs. You know, we wouldn't mind seeing number 11 get a chance to do that. Miami's offense was predictable. North Carolina State's wasn't. That was a big difference in the game. And that's a big difference when, you know, Miami did outgain NC State 292 to 231. They got into the end zone. Miami didn't. Okay. Now not converting that fourth and one in the fourth quarter. That was a massive turning point in the football game. Miami's down 10 to six at that point early in the fourth quarter. You can potentially, you know, take uh, uh, 13 or even 14. Play if you had maybe decided to, to, uh, to go for two, You could have, you could have taken a lead in the football game. You're inside their five-yard line. You didn't end up picking it up. So should Miami have, like Tim Hasselbeck was saying, I didn't agree with them. But should Miami have just kicked a field goal there, taken the points? You're down one. You do have plenty of time left. Hopefully you trust your defense. Um, now, I can agree that going for it there, fourth and one from the three-yard line, going for it to me was the right decision. But there's other questions. Did you run your best possible play and formation to pick up that one yard? If there was ever a time to get your quarterback under center, that would have been a good time to do it. But, uh, you know. I know I put a lot of heat on the quarterback already, but there were other times when the receivers were looking way too casual in their efforts to get open. I'm sure Kevin Beard is going to get on these guys during the week. I love KB. I think he's you know one of the best wide receivers coaches out there. I hope he can you know help that unit uh, you know do their best because you know when the passing game fails, it's not 100 percent on the quarterback. There are other parts at play. Yeah, I thought that was probably the worst performance for Miami's offensive line we've seen this year. You know, they, they were okay, but they're usually great, right? Credit to North Carolina State's defense. We knew they were good coming in, okay? Uh, but that was not the best performance for Miami's offensive line. So, you know, I thought coaching coaching gets a very poor grade here. You know, Lance Gidry aside, he is immune because, again, the defense was not the reason you lost this game. But coaching on the offensive side of the football, Dawson, Cristobal, They get close to a failing grade here. D minus range. It is what it is. I want to talk a little bit more about Miami's defense and a little bit more about Fletcher when we come back. And yeah, guys, we're we're down and out today. This is rough, man. This is they find more ways to disappoint me. I hope we can bounce back. I'm a cane through and through. I never give up on my team. I am a Miami. I see some of you weak, weak people out there who are like, maybe you're not even Miami fans, but you're like. I'm going to become a Florida State fan now. Oh, this team, I can't take it anymore. Tough it up, man. We love this team. We love this university. We love this program. We want them to get better. We want them to win every single Saturday. I stick with my Canes when the good times are happening. You know, obviously, 2001, it's a great time to be a Miami fan. I stick with my Canes when times are tough as well. You know what you want to do? You want to keep it locked right here to Locked On Canes. My friends, if you're a small business owner, you know that these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager. You want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Then simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. I know this works. I have found jobs through LinkedIn jobs before. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much for making locked on canes. Your first listen today. So many ways to support the show. I've mentioned the locked on canes insiders chat. If you watch us on YouTube, so simple, hit that thumbs up button, hit that like button, subscribe to our channel. Um, and if you listen to the audio version, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Pods, Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have time, leave us a five star rating and review. You know, we shouted some of those out recently. The, ne- the next round of five star reviews we get in, we will shout you guys out for that on the show. Um, positive takeaways from yesterday. Difficult as that may sound. Mark Fletcher is a beast. There's a reason why they call this young man, put him on a stretcher Fletcher. Before the season started, I predicted that at some point before the end of the year, Mark Fletcher as a true freshman would become Miami's starting running back. Yesterday was that day. 23 carries for 115 yards, and these were hard-earned yards too. He wasn't getting easy yards against that defense. He averages five yards per carry in the game. He's pushing through tackles, moving piles, breaking tackles. Legs keep churning. He's so strong. And Mark Fletcher, deservedly so, he earned Miami's top grade per pro football focus. He earned a grade of 83.0. Mark Fletcher is going to be a big part of the reason that this team is going to keep getting better over the next couple of years. And I just want you guys to know, for as down and out as I feel about what happened on the field yesterday, I am still long-term bullish on this team. Because they're finding talent, right? You know, I know NC State, I thought, did a good job against Reuben Bain yesterday. But, you know, Bain is having just a sensational freshman season at Edge Rusher. Mark Fletcher clearly is going to be part of turning this program around. CC Maui Noah is part of the future of this program. You know, so many young players and transfers that have been stepping up and making an impact. You see what the offensive line construction is looking like. I am long-term bullish. Like I am I am very very high on the future of this program because they are they are collecting talent and they are collecting alpha male individuals that are going to make this team better, but right now certain aspects of it are still a little bit of a mess and we still need to keep on cleaning up that mess and I I agree with something Mario Cristobal said after the game. Like we know he he said we know we can be a good football team. Like like we know we are capable of that, right? They have shown us that Physical dominance at the line of scrimmage, so much better. Tackling this year compared to last year has been so much better. Like Miami has physical capabilities to beat almost any team in the country. They just need to get out of their own way. That's what it comes down to. They just need to get out of their own way right now. Miami's defense, they did everything that they could to keep the offense in this game. The third quarter, that was a masterpiece. I felt so bad for this team, this defense, that the offense couldn't put some points on the board. They held North Carolina State's offense to five total yards in the third quarter. (laughs) NC State couldn't do anything. They handed opportunities to their offense on a silver platter. James Williams, I know he had a costly 15-yarder late in the game, but he was playing hard. He was hitting hard. Cam Kinchins, congratulations to him, grabbed his 10th career interception. Jaden Davis, you know, I know he was a little bit limited. He got hurt in the game, but he put on a performance when he was out there. He had a hit on that blitz that forced a fumble, created a turnover. Jaden Davis was Miami's second highest graded player, according to Pro Football Focus, behind only Mark Fletcher. And, uh, and yeah, that, that defense deserves better. Like, when you're playing that well and giving your offense that many opportunities, you deserve a lot more. Two field goals, six points. Zero touchdowns. Offense going one for three in the red zone. It's Florida State week. I don't know how I feel about that right now. (laughs) Normally, I'd be excited, anxious. Uh, I'm nervous. I'm very nervous heading into Florida State week. And bottom line is, everything I've just been saying for the past 24 minutes, this is stuff that Miami's players and coaches already here on Sunday need to have put behind them. Put that stuff behind you. Move on to this rivalry game. Move on to figuring out a way to put yourself in position to beat your rival, who happens to be a top four team in the country this coming Saturday. And you guys know we'll be here for you all week, right? Got our Truth Teller Tuesday coming up. Uh, maybe we'll, uh, I, I, I I've said so much today. I feel like I need to find a guest to bring on tomorrow. So we'll probably bring – I'm going to reach out to our boy, Blue, see if he can help us with some perspective. Uh, But we're going to be hitting it hard all throughout the week. We're here for you every single day on Locked on Canes. We are part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team, every day.